Welcome, citizens, to the series' conclusion of Liberty Vigilance. It's been a fun adventure, and despite the players dodging my best attempts to murder them, well, most of them anyway, they've made it to the final session. Before we get to the conclusion, though, we'd like to let you know what we, the creators of the show, will be working on in the future. For starters, this will likely be the last continuous Liberty story arc for a very long time, though we have more plans for Tales from the Tower. Starting in October, we'll be working full-time on Season 2 of The White Vault, which is going to be chilling. However, if you've enjoyed our actual play production of Liberty Vigilance, we're happy to also announce that we'll be starting up a brand new show before the end of the year called Dark Dice, starring the voices of Sylvanas Clairhout and Diana Zod, with the cast of The White Vault as the other players. Set in a world of dungeons and dragons... The rescue party must embark on a desperate mission to save the lives of their village's children. The journey will take them down a path of horror, madness, and into the domain of the nameless god. Do you seek him? Fear the strangers in your midst and discover what happens in this harrowing game of fate. And on that note, get ready for the final chapter of Liberty Vigilance. Will this story end in a total party kill, or will they have some sort of crazy plan that might just save the Archon and all of Atreus by extension from The Awakening? Will Claire Hout go on a date with a shopkeeper? Who is Shijakui Zhuyang? And what strange ghosts are in the basement? We can only hope that Atreus endures. Vigilance, Episode 13, Just Rewards Junior Engineer Horatius McBride, Investigator Sylvanus Clairhout, and Flick the Scavenger descend the ladder into the lowest basement level of the cultist tower. The floor is easily three stories in height, making the descent by ladder through the sickeningly thick haze uncomfortable. Visible on the descent are six large cylinders that expand outward the lower they drop. One of these large canisters hisses loudly, indicating the site of the chemical leak. Upon reaching the bottom, the room appears fairly sparse on the dirt floor, steel mesh dividers separating the cylinders and additional mesh walls not listed on the map further bisecting the room. Only two such walls lie between the group and their destination, the excavation site. Okay, I'll draw these new details to the map in hot pink. <laughs> oh, that's the color of everything. Mm, I'll draw them in hot yellow. That's even less visible with the gas. Uh, shifting to hot baby blue. <laughs> Man, why do they choose such really difficult things to see? So, those are the extra rooms we can't quite see from where we are in the staircase, which is where we are right now, and uh, this is the location of the hidden door. I say we head right there. Alright, I'm down. I mean, I, I approve of this directive. <laughs> the team approaches the second mesh fence. It looks to have been intentionally yet haphazardly covered in glass and various plastics to obscure visibility and partially soundproof the other side. With calm awareness, they pass through the fence's door, immediately seeing six unassuming soldiers. The soldiers are seated around a table, 
leaning in to listen to soft sounds coming from an old data pad. Faintly familiar. <laughs> While the soldiers sport holsters for potential firearms, none can be seen. They are instead armed with close combat weapons, a mix of batons, large knives, and short swords. So could we, do we, do we see anything other than the soldiers and what they're listening, like, I'm as sorry. As far as the limited visibility allows the team to see, the room is otherwise sparse, and no entrance to any sort of excavation site is visible. The soldiers wearing masks and engrossed in whatever they're listening to have yet to notice the open door. Hey, uh, listen, does anybody have anything maybe we could bar the door, just leave? Bar the door and they can't get out? Uh, your club, maybe? Well, yeah, but I use that to hit people. Don't you have two weapons? No, I had to give up the other one. No, uh, no, 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 I do have two clubs. Yeah, I'll use the bad club. I'll use the bad club to bar the door, that way they can't get out. Okay. All right, let's go. Flick begins to quietly close the door as McBride's grip on his trusty metal pipe tightens. Is there anything I could get off a perception check? That would require a successful perception check. Just as it's closing. (laughs) (laughs) Though Claire Hout and McBride see nothing suspicious, Flick, with the focused eye of a lifelong scavenger, notices a strange hexagonal outline in the dirt floor just beyond the soldiers. Oh, uh, hold on a sec, Clubmaster. Okay, what? Don't call me Clubmaster. I was just trying it out. I don't think that it's going to stick. Okay. So. uh, uh, I think there's more to this room than we think. What does that mean? Uh, Hidden door. Hidden door on the floor. Oh, darn. How will we get there when those guys are there? They'll think it's suspicious. Uh, Well, they're soldiers. Maybe if we just act like... Whatever we have to fix is down there, then we can just go down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're cleaning crew. Cleaning crew! Right, right. Okay. After quietly closing the door, Flick kicks the door in loudly. Okay, everybody out! The soldiers all look up. This? Flick must now roll a deception check. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, don't. Uh... All right, so... One of you guys is wearing a privacy hood, and I can hear you talking. Yes. Uh, I know that I am. Okay, so I'm literally going to say, don't make them leave. If you send them up these stairs, they're going to see the dead scientist body. With the roll of a natural 20, the soldiers regrettably follow Flick's orders without question. Uh, okay. (laughs) Hey, Uh, I'm sorry about that. My friend was a little little uh, confused. Everybody out of the way. We, uh, <laughs> uh, everybody in the room, but out of our general space. This is a critical area. The gas problem is getting very bad, and... Where should we go? Uh, let's, uh... You don't need to explain if there's no time. Just tell us where to go. Okay, just wait outside this door. Let's, uh, uh... You don't need to go any farther than that, but we just need to investigate the situation with as few bodies as possible. So get out. Get out of this room. Yes, sir. But don't go upstairs. (laughs) Come on, guys. (laughs) The six hardened soldiers take the data pad and leave the room. Blind obedience, an assumed ingrained tenet of the cult. (laughs) Woo! 
Hey, that was pretty good. Look at you using big words like critical. <laughs> All right. Then, been hanging with you, Jokas, a little too much, I think. <laughs> okay. Let's just open this fucking door up. The team investigates the outline Flick located and brushes dirt away, revealing a glistening metallic surface that Claire Hout and McBride both suspect as smart material. Can I see what I can do? Investigation? Using his hacking tool, Investigator Claire Hout bypasses the door's dated security, an image-based puzzle. The holographic projections of the puzzle rapidly merge to form a utopian cityscape under an alien blue sky with no moons. Got it. The door slowly slides open, revealing a short set of stairs engulfed in darkness. Glancing back to check for followers, the team slowly descends the staircase into a dark, cramped room. Entirely clear of gas, the room houses seven large plastic canisters, six of which are leaning upright on the walls. Four erect canisters are empty, and two house decaying corpses, clearly visible through the frosted glass window topping each canister. The final canister lying on the floor in the room's center is connected to a jumble of wires and tubes. Within, a young man of indeterminate age rests behind glass. He notably lacks the mark, but his skin looks too clear to be that of a fringer. He appears to be asleep, and as the team steps in for closer examination, a motion-activated holographic display projects a three-dimensional representation of the resting man. Greetings, comrade. Our preparation complete, then? Yes. Excellent. And how might I be of service? The hologram smiles. I'm going to let my friend here answer that question. Take it away, friend. Sorry, we've been breathing in a lot of uh, toxic gas. Who, who, who are you? Oui. Je suis Jockey Julien. Brother, I am representing myself on digital form as my body is still on cryosleep. Absolutely. We're a cleaning crew. We got sent down here to clean up a spill, uh, hence the gas, hence the fuzziness. Which one of these cylinders is your body? The one directly behind me. And the rest of these these bodies, uh, who, who are they? They are the remnants of the crew of the Resplendent. The Resplendent? What's that? The Resplendent is the vessel designed to take the off-world terraforming specially, and their families back home after the initial colonization of the planet is complete. Individuals like Dr. Thorne, Dr. Patel, and Dr. Song, myself and the other crew members were placed in sleep in preparation for our mission of 700 years ago to ensure that we did not make a premature death prior to our mission. However, the individuals we intend to take off-world are now long dead. Are now long dead. Long dead. And the core crew of the Resplendent did not survive the looting that took place in the centuries following the insurrection. I only became activated by chance, thanks to the efforts of your leader, Director Yale. Yale has made me aware. Rather, this part of me aware of the current situation. It is now my duty to, uh, how you say, return all those who would allow it back to the X-ray corporation sites on either Melania or Earth, pending a cursory inspection of both sites. Perhaps you don't understand, though. So, as you say, I will awaken once the resplendent is repaired and navigate you through the stars back to your real home. Listen, guys, I'm starting to think I'm really being affected by this gas for real. <laughs> this is really... What, what is he talking about? Maybe we should just go. Should we just go? Based on the information I have received, it is clear that the 
falsely named Archon is a tyrant who has committed many crimes punishable by death. I will continue to advise that she be left to the proper authorities, because I am a system that's programmed to follow all laws and bylaws. However, the actual body and mind I represent would likely disagree with my stated course of action. Excuse me, but I detect a class 6 explosive on one of your person. I must advise that you do not bring such devices close to the Resplendor's rockets in the future. It is an unnecessary risk that could endanger many lives as well as the success of the mission. Of course, that was our mistake. It uh, won't happen again. We have to go and fix... <clears throat> we gotta finish cleaning this uh, spill. Uh, so just sit tight and we'll be back to help you execute the plans later. We. Oui. this is for the best. Have a nice day. Great! The holograms dissipates, sending the team back into the silent darkness of the room. Is there anything else in the room I can see? Flareheart can see that the canisters were each previously hooked up to a space that housed them. Uh, he said close to the rockets, right? That's what he said, the rockets. Those giant fuel canister-looking things on the previous floor could be what he was referring to. Hmm. Out of character... I have no idea how to feel about this. Because <laughs> he seems like a nice guy who wants to get us home. And everyone else just wants to destroy Atreus. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't seem very culty. Nah, nah. Seems like a normal guy in hologram land. Okay, maybe he isn't a normal guy, but you know what I mean. Meanwhile, Senior Officer Thracius Wyatt stands sentinel over the ladder leading down. While lab technician Diana Azad examines the Gotham controls. Someone's coming. Mm-hmm. Azad watches anxiously as three individuals hauling bulky technical gear begin to slowly descend the staircase. Then we need to find out what's happening. We cannot afford any additional delays. Despite wearing a large glass breathing apparatus, Azad easily recognizes the face of the center figure to be Tongs. The original bad guy. I would like to note that I am also in my breather and wearing a hood and am not recognizable just from, like, looking at me normally. This is true, however, the two corpses at Azad's feet might be seen as suspicious. <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's that. Yeah, and as far as they know, I'm the one that's keeping everything running because these two people have, one of them has gone insane and attacked the other because of the gases, <laughs> and then the other one finally went unconscious. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you yeah. guys are like, oh, let's leave the scientist up here and then take a really long time. <laughs> Well, I don't know how much time we have left to talk this out, but um, my stance, in the fringe, we would consider these guys to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and execute our mission anyway. Uh, however, you touchy-feely types, you, uh, you Atrians, you, uh, you innies, are, uh, are you interested in finding a way to bring these people with us or something? Or are we just doing this? I don't know if we have enough time. Ah, oh, smithereens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we just seal the door super tight and then uh, leave, you know, leave and then seal the door super tight. If we detonate the stuff above, uh, you know, it wouldn't be... Maybe they'll leave. Yeah, it's a reeve damn shame, but we should get out of here. Yep, let's go. The team closes the door to the excavation site and returns to the main room. The soldiers from earlier are standing in a circle listening to the data pad. One of them notices the open door. Is it safe to return? For now. It's 
Get on back in there and finish your program. Yep. Nice. Come on, boys. Let's catch the end of Tales from the Tower. <laughs> Still feel like giving up that other cane? Uh, sure. Let's do it. Okay, so we bar the door? Yeah, regret regretfully, I use my normal pipe, metal pipe, to bar the door. With the door barred, the team heads back up the main ladder. As the team reaches the top of the ladder, they see two guards and a man in scientific garb, easily recognizable as Tongs. The figures appear stuck to the ground at the base of the staircase, and Thracius Wyatt has a gun aimed on them, uh. while Diana Azad is interfacing with various holograms at the Goptum controls. Hmm. I asked him if they were on the stairs, and he said yes, and I was like, okay, the gravity on the stairs is now really, really heavy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they are stuck to the ground. It appears that one of the guards was severely injured on his fall down the staircase. Good for them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn to them like... What did you find, guys? What am I doing? Uh, we found a guy who was in some kind of stasis, came out of a hologram, started talking about flying us to our true home, and there were definitely some rockets in there. <laughs> you know, we were concerned that we were taking a little too long, so we left, but he's in there uh, now. Yeah, this is a spaceship. This is a spaceship. Yep, all of those things are true that I just said. <laughs> so you're telling me that we're in something that can connect... People here on Atreus with the horrible creatures that exist in the rest of the universe. Yes, that is <coughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. Gas getting to you? <laughs> Just a little bit. So are we still with the whole idea of blowing it up? Apparently. <laughs> well, you also, know, someone as, might as nice shoot as that ones. weird guy seemed, and he did seem like a nice weird guy, I am concerned about the possibility that linking up with those outsiders could put my family in danger. As such, I think we should blow this place to smithereens. To smithereens. That's a vote for smithereens. I am also voting for smithereens. Do we have additional votes for smithereens? Voting for smithereens. That's three, five on smithereens. All right. Anybody else? Three out of five so far. Okay. Smithereens. Okay. Can I shoot them now? Okay. No, 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 no. Wait, shoot. No. Wyatt pulls the trigger, igniting the densely packed rocket fuel. Moments later, a loud explosion rocks the area, followed by the chaos of shattering glass, groaning metal, and roaring, relentless fire. The tower crumbles inwardly, toppling as large segments dislodge and crash into nearby buildings. Oh, sorry. Wyatt uses an inspiration point to reverse time by six seconds, and instead of pulling the trigger, opts to click the safety into place. Okay. Smithereens. Okay. Can I shoot them now? Utilize a large, heavy object like these men do. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, don't kill them yet. I guess they want to talk to them. Just so it's clear, will shooting set off the gas? It definitely would, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the plan. I'm going to open up the ventilation system for the entirety of this tower and just keep pumping this gas as far up and across the entirety of this tower as possible. And then we will have to set some kind of timed small explosive and then get out of here? Uh, or any type of fire, right? Can we rig up the blowtorch to something? You could rig up the blowtorch, you could rig a grenade to go off, you could do anything. Yeah. Do we still have that Iolus grenade? Yeah, I've got it. I kind of have an idea. Do tell. <laughs> so what if we put this on tongs, set it for four minutes, a suitable time for us to leave the building, and... Uh, we have to get up the stairs. It's only two flights. The, no, I mean, the, the stairs are currently 
at seven times gravity. We could undo the gravity, tie them up, and... Uh, okay. why don't we just take the engineering ladder up instead? Yeah, that works. Okay, so we can use that, and I can also rig up something that will cause a fire suitable enough to set off the gas, which will be activated by the kinetic energy of the Eyeless Grenade. Now that I'm thinking about it, with a few adjustments, the Eyeless will probably cause the same desired effect without being so needlessly complicated. Uh, sure. I like that. It's like you It's like you're wrapping a paper bag with a plastic bag. Oh, wait, I have a question. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I don't know no, where so I was going with that anyway. <laughs> um, if the, the gases that I'm pumping throughout everything now, um, you said they're getting worse and worse, and they're becoming, like, you said kind of cloudy? Visibility has reduced to 15 feet. Okay, so if we didn't have our gas masks on in this cloud, would we be, like, asphyxiating? Azad doesn't need to roll to determine that breathing in the gas would be fatal within a very short time frame. All right, can we just take off the gas masks of the people that are in front of us currently? We could maybe throw something to try and knock them off. As soon as it enters the gravity section, it would just fall to the ground. Um, If someone has a long pole or something that's got a spike on the end, we could just put it on their foreheads and then hammer it, and that would still work. As a matter of fact, (laughs) I have precisely such an implement. It's called a pick-ended club, and I've been using it to hit people for the past 12 hours. <laughs> okay, perfect. So are we disposing of these people now, or am I still not allowed to say kill them? Uh, better to dispose them now than to have to dispose them later when they're standing up. Well, if you kill them now, we can use the stairs. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's also good. All right, I'll kill them now. Tongs is glaring at the group, trying to Whoa. speak. Sorry, Tongs. Hope you're not trying to say anything important. Can you... kill you. With strained concentration, McBride removes the gas mask from the first guard. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and ping ping, you know. Knock him dead. His pick-ended club gets caught under the weight of the mask. Hey, can somebody help me pull this thing out? Uh, I pinged too hard at the gravity. <laughs> McBride removes the mask of the second guard. Uh, never mind, I got it myself. Oh, thanks, Wyatt. Appreciate it. McBride removes the gas mask of Tongs. Sorry, Tongs. Goodbye, Tongs. Ping. Until we're absolutely ready to leave, having seven times gravity in the stairwell is protecting us. So I want to make sure that we're completely ready to get out of this building. So I'm beep, beep, booping at the computer. And somebody needs to be thinking of how to make yeah, it fire. Beep, beep, boop. <laughs> beep, boop. I'm a demolition specialist. Just hand me the explosives and I'll set it all up. I believe Sylvanas can vouch that I'm great with explosives, right? I'm gonna pull out the Ionis grenade and throw it to Thracius. Sweet Archon! Ooh. Wyatt panics, but somehow manages to catch the grenade after it bounces off her shoulder. Holy shit! You're lucky I Ooh. caught that. Did you know that? <laughs> oh my god, don't throw those things around. Regaining her composure. Senior Officer Wyatt sets up the grenade at the center console, disabling all of its failsafes, and begins to rig a timer. How much time do we want? Can you put it in a less conspicuous area so that when we leave, if someone comes down here, they can't just, like, remove it? No one will touch it or it'll explode anyway. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. All right, so... Best options, best options, best so, options. four minutes? Um, eight? Wait, wait! <laughs> Should we... 
Okay, where does the, the security hatch go? Does it go all the way up to the first floor? Azad concludes that the security hatch will only lead up to the immediate basement level above, B1. All right, okay, so my plan wouldn't work anyways unless I just wanted to collapse this singular room. So we're just going to have to turn off the seven times gravity, get out of here as soon as possible, and just, yeah, just hope. But can I do a diagnostic to see if the entirety of the building is filled with enough gas to explode? If any one of those rockets or fuel canisters or whatever were triggered, the entire building would go. All right, so let's uh, let's just leave, guys. You know, let's just go. At the very least, it would destroy the base of the tower, causing the rest to fall down. And if by the time we get out of here and the, the, the thing doesn't go off, we'll just shoot at the building a bunch until something sets off a spark. Because shoot in the whatever. building. I like this plan. <laughs> All right. Five minutes sound good, everybody? I don't want it to be too long. Well, there's guards at the front door, so... Oh, yeah. How about ten? Ten? Ten. And even eight? Uh, eight. Eight. I Excellent. like eight. Lucky number. Let's go. Ah, uh, good. Good compromise. All <laughs> right. Wyatt starts the timer as Azad releases the enhanced gravity on the stairwell. I don't get to play with my dragonfly. <laughs> the team runs up to the first basement level, now overly occupied by more individuals with gas masks who appear occupied in a search. They allow the unassuming group to hurry by in a power walk. Fair enough. On the first floor, a minute and a half has already elapsed, and the group reaches the entrance checkpoint. The leader of the bloody skull chewers sees the group walking toward him and a wide grin crosses his face. Ah, the bloody skull chewers. Remember, we are on an assignment from the guy. We have the, the thing. We have to do the thing. Oh, hey! Hey! Bloody skull chewers! Yeah, yeah! Hey, we got your stuff. Nice! Great! We'll, uh, grab that real quick and we're on our way to, uh, to, uh, fuck up some minis! Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah! That sounds awesome! We miss meeting guys till now. Anyway, we'll get it for you. Hicks. The fringer the team assumes to be Hicks slowly approaches one of the lockers while fumbling with a large set of magnetic keys. He opens a locker, which is revealed to be empty. Ah, shit. Which locker was it? I think it's in the other locker. I'll go get it. Hicks disappears behind the massive stack of lockers. I'm just going to walk out. (laughs) I'm going to pretend to be like a drug user like I was when I walked in and just, like, twitch and follow him out like I'm itching my arms and stuff. Hey, you forgot your shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, they just, uh, they just, you know, they, they need the fix. We'll, we'll, gra- I'll grab their stuff for them. I gotta check the basement ones. Give me a minute. We shouldn't let them get too far away. Uh, yeah, we'll be back. Okay, later. Yeah, I also follow. I don't say anything, though. The team is now outside the tower. Um... How much time do we have left? Um... No one was keeping track of the timer, so it's unclear how much time remains. Right. So, uh, can I... Does anybody have anything on them that's, like, a ball? I have three more grenades. (laughs) 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 A ball that we could, like, throw. That way it looks like we're playing a game and running instead of, like, running away from the building. I don't care if you throw a grenade. Let's just do it. Throwing more explosives around. Wyatt pulls out a meal canister. Here, go long. Going long. And she just runs out towards any building that isn't going to explode. (laughs) After a minute and a half of tossing the meal canister, the team reaches the territorial edge for the children of Melikor. 
The perimeter is guarded by a checkpoint. However, with a successful deception roll, the guards don't even glance at the team as they run by, happily tossing the meal canister. <laughs> nice. Cool. Let's keep going. All right, which way should we go? <laughs> Two blocks west. <laughs> the team runs west of the Melkor-controlled territory by about two blocks when suddenly the ground shakes beneath their feet. Moments later, a loud explosion rocks the area, followed by the chaos of shattering glass, groaning metal, and roaring relentless fire. As the team turns to look on in awe, the tower crumbles inwardly, toppling as large segments dislodge and crash into nearby buildings. A few blocks from the tower, fire erupts from the ground itself, destroying nearby buildings with a devastating luck to be placed upon connected underground pipes or tunnels. Rest in peace, bloody skull crushers. <laughs> I'm sorry you never got to give us the stuff. <laughs> In seconds, a wave of heat and dust rushes by, and small particles of ash and debris slowly rain from above. From their position blocks away, the demolition is frightening, an awe-inspiring display of power, and a safe distance from the team. Also, rest in peace, strange man who said he was going to fly me home. You seemed pretty nice. I'm sorry. Anyway, what do we do now? Uh... Get back to Atreus, report to somebody who's worth reporting to. Sounds great. Someone who's not on the dossier. Yep. The team walks to the nearby base disguised as an apartment building. Should we stop being fringers now, guys? Uh, <laughs> I guess you guys can. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, right. I guess Flick, uh, Flick, what happens now? Uh, well, I guess you guys give me a shitload of meal is what happens. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, who has all the meal? There was some, one, of, one, one of us has a lot of meal that they grabbed, right? Yes? Somebody does, yes. Who was that? It wasn't me. I've got less meal than that. But not because I'm bad with money or anything. <laughs> Just because of I, I circumstance. I remember that I was saying that I didn't want to grab it, and then somebody else said, no, we should take it, and then they grabbed it all, and I was like, that's a lot of freaking meal, and then we left with it and, and the slave women anyways. So, Claire Houch? What <laughs> meal are we talking about? I have Cassius's meal, but I wasn't there for the 300 you looted. It was 500. Oh, my reeve. Okay, okay. I've got it. All right. Well, let's give our butt, let's give our, uh, so, let, <clears throat> Let's give our associate here lots of meal, because boy, does he deserve it. Archon, does he deserve it. What were you promised, Flick? Just, uh, give me what you got, man. Just a quote-unquote shitload of meal. Yeah. How does 300 sound? I, uh, believe that sounds pretty good, right? <laughs> Open your pockets, my friend. I, <laughs> I uh, I believe... I believe we have a deal. All right. Yeah, just opens his bag and puts all that stuff in there. Ah, pleasure doing business with you folks, I guess. You're not going to see us to the Atrian Terminal? I guess I can walk you guys there if you want. Uh, uh why not? W why not? Let's, uh, let's see how this weird fucking show ends. Yeah, this this has been a trip. Might as well see what happens next. 
why don't we say he's an undercover agent for the DFS? Because he doesn't have a mark? Just say he... Uh, you don't have a mark either, from what I can see. Maybe the chemical scent got worn away by acid or something. We can be creative. We'll Would you be something. okay with us chopping your hand off? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I use that. Would you be okay with us cutting a section of your skin away from your hand? We could just say that maybe he's lost it over time. That doesn't happen. I'll, uh, I'll vouch for him. As an ally of Atreus. So will I, for whatever that's worth. Yes! You are a fringer who smells less fringer-like than most fringers. I'm on board with the vouching. <laughs> uh, thanks? Well... You guys have bluffed your way out of more ridiculous situations, so <laughs> let's do this. Remember that small hand gang? Oh. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts from our whole little adventure. <laughs> the team changes into their normal clothing just outside the door. They now are starting to look like true citizens again. Dirty, dirty citizens. Before they can completely finish changing, the door quickly opens and a soldier taps McBride's shoulder. Come inside, quickly! Okay. Um, so I want to set a parameter on my privacy hood to automatically identify and cross-reference identities that I see with those in the dossier to make sure that we're not giving information to anybody who's in the dossier. 24. Azad runs through her stolen database, concluding that the RAD officer in front of her, Officer Mogoro, is not on the list, and neither are the other two officers in the room. What are you doing out here? <laughs> I mean, I know what you're doing, but what brings you this way? You do speak, right? <clears throat> yeah, uh, lots lots of things. Do you have a commanding officer that we could speak to? She's out on patrol right now. And what is their name? Officer Yardawa. Cross-reference? Officer Yardawa is not on Assad's list. All right, um, all right, so we just blew up that big thing. Did you see the big thing explode? No. We were wondering what was happening. Was that the tower collapsing? Yep, that was the tower. Officer Magoro looks out the window at the devastation. Why the fringe did you blow it up? Uh, because they were planning to overthrow the Archon. Well, <laughs> that's the fringe. But no shit. Uh, yes, that. Blown to smithereens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I introduced the word smithereens to this world. Wait, no. Actually, that was me. This is wonderful. So why are you here, specifically at my outpost, if you don't mind my asking? We need to get back to Atreus. Yes. Well, we do have a tunnel, if that's what you're asking. That's the goal. That is what we're asking. Please, follow me, quickly. If you cause that, someone will certainly be looking for you. Uh, please give me a quick rundown of the names of the other people in your unit. While Officer Mogoro leads the team to the tunnel, Azad confirms the names of his unit as not being on the list. Okay, I'm just right, I'm right on. checking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the way back. Okay, sounds good. It'll be about a six-hour walk if you keep a brisk pace. Do you know a West? We need to meet up with him. You mean Director West? Or his son from the broadcast. West, Director, Dir West. Director West. I think he has a daughter as well. Hmm. But yes, Director West works in the central city, fairly close to the main tower itself, I think. Reven doors. May the Archon watch over you. 
May the Archon watch over you, too. And yep, and also you. Officer Magoro closes the door. Okay, so here's the problem. If we get into the city and Tongs has told anybody who's on the dossier who's still in the city about us, then if someone who's at the checkpoint sees that we're coming in or someone is pinged that we're coming in, then they're going to know. Obviously, I just said that a million times. But Tongs thought we were dead. But what I'm trying to say is, should we try to get a message to West before we even enter the city? That sounds reasonable. So you uh, so you want to get a message out to who? Director West of the Department of Internal Affairs. I don't see there being any harm in it. The team passes through a pressure chamber and walks for several hours down a long, dark tunnel. Do you, do you want to stay in my apartment with me for a while? Have some meal? Watch some broadcasts? You might never get a chance like that again. <laughs> Got a lot of money to spend. I'd love to see what you indies call broadcasts. So Yale is on the dossier? Azad confirms that Director Yale is not only on the dossier, but is one of the leaders of the Children of Melikor. You got one of them uh, fancy pots that got water in them, and then after you shit in it in the pot, the water, like, takes care of the shit? <laughs> it's not where I usually shit, but yeah, I've got one of those. Wow. <laughs> if you can ask him, because Quinn said he's the only one we can trust, it might be worth asking if there's anyone else we might meet along the way that we could trust. Sure, seems reasonable. Despite what Quinn said. Let me run this by you guys. All right, I'm writing it for some reason in my head is I have to write this all in caps. I think it's because when I used to get like those emails that were like classified, it was always like declassified in capitalization. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, message to send to Director West. Classified, safety of Archon and Atreus at risk, compromised Atrians inside the city and in powerful positions. Director Yale, the DRD, is working for a fringer gang known as the Children of Melikor. Please send trusted security detail to see the check-in of DRD officer Diana Azad and others, bringing info about the betrayers to the Archon. Could you hit the enter button just so it Yeah, sends? I, was, so I wanted a, to uh... make sure these guys said that it was okay before I said okay. <laughs> that does seem okay to me. Uh, yeah, that does sound pretty. I mean, <clears throat> that, that does seem okay to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hitting send. Wait, wait, wait. For some reason, it only sent the part about sending message to Director West classified. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you used a, an ellipsis. Uh, that's uh... why. The team continues their walk and eventually reaches an internet hotspot that allows Azad's message to send. Oh, fun fact, while we're walking, I have so much meal now that it doesn't fit on the digital character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> like I tried to type 368 meal into the little the little tab and uh, it only lets me type 36. There isn't room for three digits. You had 68 meal before we gave you that 300? <laughs> yeah. How are you more wealthy than I am? <laughs> he looted all the corpses. I was yeah, watching yeah, I him guess. do it. He took a bunch of stuff off. Yeah, I'm in a lot of debt. Getting meals kind of my thing. Yeah, you're almost out of debt now. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost halfway there after getting 368 meal. <laughs> Not including interest. Oh, God. <laughs> Looking through my privacy hood research history, <laughs> I always have the weirdest tabs open, like <laughs> lists of flammable, odorless 
gases <laughs> and like what what's the name of the drug that makes people tell the truth <laughs> yeah I was uh, while we were resting at the throb Flick ran a murder mystery game with me and some fringers and yeah. at one point I got to plan the murder so it was like what kind of poison paralyzes you and like all this stuff. <laughs> How long yeah, does it take a person is... to drown if you push them into a pool? <laughs> yep. all the fun without me. Yeah, yeah. As the guy that was running that murder mystery game, my search history has to be on a watch list somewhere. It has to be at this point. I wonder if there's, like, a game people play where it's like, so is this guy a terrorist or a novel writer? Terrorist or novel writer? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're just montage walking? After a few more hours, the team reaches the entrance to an underground facility. Three RAD officers are present and wave the team over as Azad receives a message on her privacy hood. Team, meet me in the Grand Chamber of the Atreus Tower. Agent Trez will escort you from the entrance. I'm going to ping that name through the uh, dossier. Agent Drez does not appear to be on Azad's list. The closest officer speaks while placing a mark scanner over her hand. Identify yourselves. Uh, I am Officer Diana Azad. Well, Azad, I'm going to be scanning your mark with this device. Yep. So please just remain calm and refrain from any sudden movements until after I can verify your identities. She is literally, she has her hood up and she is literally checking every single person she sees. Azad notes that one of the three officers present, the brunette guard in the back, is on her list. Well, she's going to send a, a, a visual message to anyone in our group who's wearing a privacy hood, um, including the two that she knows are not on the dossier, and say that the brunette guard is a traitor to Atreus. I just need to scan your mark. You can finish your message after. <laughs> Typing again. Sorry. Okay, yeah. She puts out her hand in like the, the way that you do when you're doing these, I guess. The officer scans the marks of Azad, McBride, and Wyatt. I'm Investigator Claire Hout, and this is Agent Tongs. Hiya. That's me. Tongs. I trust you. Welcome home. Thanks. You're free to return to your homes, but when you get some time, please stop by and see your superior within the Department of Special Services about getting the visual techings for your marks reapplied. All right. There'll be a new set of clothes for you on the other side of the showers. The team quickly showers, an awkward process for Flick, and all are fitted into Atrian day clothes. Oh my. Oh my, Reeve, I look as sharp as a blade to the gut. Sharp as the edge of an improperly open meal canister. Stop drawing attention to it. Do you have a pair of gloves we can wear for now? Yes, I'll help you get fitted. Despite the officer's best attempt, the gloves she gives Azad are a few sizes too big. It's the it's the baggy clothing. It makes me look bigger than I am. Uh, sorry about that. Right. I don't care. Let's just go. Reeve endures. Reeve endures. The team is forced to relieve themselves of any weaponry they acquired while in the fringe, although Flick, Azad, and Clarehout are able to smuggle their weapons. <laughs> she she turns to um Sylvanas, and she's like, you know what? Just in case, and she's ping. She pings over the uh, the dossier to you, so that if something happens to hers, we still have the dossier. Got it. 
After dressing, the team takes the elevator to the surface, passing two additional checkpoints that allow them to pass after a brief verbal interaction. About 20 minutes later, the team finds themselves within District 2. The light of the Atreus Tower glows in the distance, illuminating the city's center against the night. All right, so we need to go to where I guess we were said that we should meet up with him. Everybody in agreement with that? Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. I know we're home, but we're not home yet, so... The walk to the Atreus Tower takes an additional hour and a half as the team hits a few additional security checkpoints in the central city district. At the foot of the substantially massive tower, the team notes that the tall, open double-door entryway passage is well guarded by the gray and black-garbed soldiers of the Department of Special Services. Do any of them ping as being in the dossier? Their faces are obscured by face shields, preventing Azad from properly scanning them as she approaches. The team recalls that Creed was wearing the same gray and black armor. Okay. A soldier with black lipstick lifts his face shield and motions for the group to approach. Azad quickly confirms that he's not on the list before the man even has time to speak. Next group, please. We're closing in just over an hour, so we need to keep the line moving. Thank you. Uh, yep, yep, we're coming in. Yeah. Yeah. The officer scans Azad's mark. You have a meeting. You should have mentioned that earlier, and you could have skipped the line. One moment. Let me ping Drez. Your guests are at the north entrance. I'll wait with them. A few moments later, a soldier wearing a Civil Defense Force uniform exits the tower and approaches. Here they are. A quick scan of his face reveals him to be Private Investigator Atos Drez. His background indicates that he's a GSPI, a private investigator with the second-tier lethality mark. Just like Sylvanas. Oh, that's what you do. Greetings. Please follow me. Drez, absolutely. We're here to see Director West. Yep. Yes. Please follow me. And try not to tell me anything classified. I don't want to know too much. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Drez escorts the team to a side hallway away from the north entrance. He guides them past a security checkpoint toward a series of private elevators. He motions for the team to walk into the elevator and follows shortly after. I will go in. As the doors close, the wall behind the team becomes transparent. Grand Chamber. Investigator Drez enters a quick yet complex password into the smart glass panel, and the elevator begins to rise. The sun is slowly rising in the deep scarlet sky over the colony, turning the atmosphere a yellowed heat in the distance. Looking over the structures below, the great yet distant outer wall dividing Atreus from the fringe casts visible shadows over the edges of civilization. The elevator opens, revealing a large hallway ended by a set of tall double doors. A dozen soldiers in the gray and black special services garb stand at ease in the hallway, and two massive armored figures flank the doorway. The massive, armored men open the double doors as the team approaches, revealing a vast chamber filled with rows and tables of technological marvels. At a glance, the team suspects these devices may monitor all of Atreus. The room also contains a large window spanning the entirety of the left wall, displaying diagnostics, maps, and video feeds that obscure the breathtaking view beyond. A long, 30-foot hollow table ringed with chairs stretches through the center of the room, at the end is a seated figure, assumed to be a guard, and near the middle sits Director Romulus West, 
who's talking with a helmeted soldier. Director West turns to face the group, presenting an expression of sincere gratitude. I was beginning to fear that you wouldn't succeed. His expression shifts to one of disappointment as he walks closer. Tertullius isn't with you. Oh, uh, no. Thank you, Drez. Drez silently leaves the room, and the massive doors close. Okay, please explain who each of you are. Did you receive my message, Director West? I did, but I assumed that Tertullius would be with you. Um, no, uh, we ended up in this mess, and we knew that it would be possible to trust anybody. It would have been you, Director West, so we came with the information as soon as we were able. Agent Quinn must have sacrificed himself to destroy the leaders of the cult, which included Director Yale. The female soldier standing behind West perks up. So what can you tell me? First of all, can I see if the two guards, like, are the two guards able to be identified? The faces of both guards are not currently visible. Okay. Can I do a basic perception check? Just for anything in the room? With the present abundance of technological marvels, Claire Hout isn't sure what to focus on. It appears to be a DEFCON-style room designed to control Atreus. The female soldier speaks. Leave us, West. I desire to speak with them alone. As you wish, Archon. The woman takes off her helmet as she approaches. Visually, she appears to be in her fifties, healthy, athletic in build, with short gray hair, and marked with a distinct scar over her left eye. West's posture shifts nervously, and he seems reluctant to depart but he exits hastily through a side door as the Archon looks over the team. Her face is stern, with an almost hostile expression. <laughs> it doesn't matter if she looks so stern. Diana has the biggest smile on her face, like the ultimate fangirl moment. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> well, what are you waiting for? Tell me what happened to the tower. Hello, ma'am. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Um, oh, wow. Okay, it, uh... ma'am. Archon, it exploded. We made it explode, Archon, uh, uh, ma'am. Okay, let's try and be better at this, guys. All right, okay, I'm not prepared for this. Hello, I am uh, I am Agent Diana Azad. Um, I work for the DRD. Uh, I was on a mission with these wonderful men. Do you have the dossier? Yes, here you go. And she pings it to like, the table, because I'm assuming the table is smart glass. As the Archon slowly brings the list up on the table's holograms, she casually places a hand on her sidearm. Uh, I, uh, is it hostile? Simultaneously, the seated figure rises and extends an arm toward the Archon. The team is briefly deafened by gunfire as the Archon is shot through the chest, her famous form falling lifeless at their feet. The bulky figure who shot the Archon lowers her arm slowly and walks toward the group. The glass over her face becomes less and less opaque with each slow and deliberate step. She appears to be a significantly older woman with a similar haircut and the same distinct scar. Her body is being braced by an assortment of metals and plastics to help her remain standing. I just finished scanning the list sent by Tertullius Quinn and noticed the name of my assistant. Unmistakably, the real Archon Reeve steps forward, exuding a far more commanding presence even in her older age. 
than the young body double on the ground before her. Her weapon, the fabled basilisk rifle, the one the Archon has been depicted with across posters and propaganda for generations, is smoking in its attachment on her arm. You are the citizens I have heard so much about. <laughs> Can fangirling get more fangirling? <laughs> <laughs> Loyalty is something I do not undervalue. I respect the sacrifices you made. Accomplish your mission and return to me and wish to kill them. Understand exactly what you experienced. Do not leave out any details you feel are significant. Do not attempt to hide any misconduct from me. We might miss a vital detail in doing so. Now, please, give me a clear and concise account what has transpired from the beginning. So, uh, before we start, <laughs> Yakan is a person? I always thought it was like a god, or like a spooky ghost you guys talked about all the time. No, the Archon is a person. She is a <laughs> person who has ascended to the highest level of being the hero of our people. So just, yes, she, she is a person. Ha- uh, uh, her, may, uh, may, mm-hmm. Maybe uh, you should say what it is we did. <laughs> yes, you say I stay. <laughs> I stay here. That is amusing that you are humbled by my presence. But we do not have the luxury of time. Lives are in your hands. Alright, so did Tertullius never come back? Tertullius Quinn perished defending Atreus. But you were able to receive you were able to receive the secondary dossier. He transmitted it to West along with a video feed intended for you. I sent resources to recover his body. And it seems that he was able to cripple the leadership of the children of Melakor. All right, so let's go back to the beginning, guys. Right. We're working part-time for the DCO, and we're sent to find some people who are missing. Right. Uh, oh, man, that sounds like so long ago. Um, so we were looking for... Uh, citizen Hadrian Baker, which led us eventually um, to find that he had been kidnapped by a fringe gang called the Sargs. Um, So, for some really quite 
silly reasons, um, Tongs, who you know now, I, I'm sure, uh, Grand Archon, uh, that Tongs was a uh, betrayer to the Atrian people, and he decided, uh, actually it's quite an interesting idea now to send us incompetent people out into the fringe, um, <laughs> assuming we would die. Uh, yes. So eventually we found out that a group of people called the Children of Melkor uh, were planning. I'm sorry. I don't usually say oh this much. I'm just very, very much. You, you're the Archon. Um, yes, this is true. <laughs> so explain the involvement of the Sarks. Uh, in the end, they weren't. Uh, except some of the people who were marked as Sarks belonged to the Children of Melkor. Uh, I think eventually it got kind of confusing. A lot of the Fringers look the same. Um, sorry. Uh, uh yes. Uh, it was a fairly, uh, <laughs> fairly, uh, mixed cult. There seemed to be both fringers and, uh, former Atrians together inside of it in, uh, in a good number. Uh, there are actually quite a few of them, and they were a large, in a large tower, and we were advised after running into some Atrian, uh, <laughs> some Atrian cultists who were disguised as actual helpful and loyal Atrians, we were advised that we should go to the tower and destroy it. Uh, so we headed there. It was quite a large tower with many people in it. Some of them Atrians, some of them Fringers, some of them quite intelligent scientist types. And uh, we explored it from top to bottom. They seemed to be living in a sort of society where uh, instead of uh, things being paid for with meal, they just handed it out, which was very strange. And they had some sort of flying machine on the roof. Uh, ma'am. Archon, ma'am. Yes. There, there, the entire building that we blew up, ma'am, uh, it was a spaceship, ma'am? Also that. <laughs> there was a very strange man in the basement. <laughs> there, was a, there was a holographic projection of uh, Jacques Julian. Um, he said that he was in a... Uh, what's it called? A cyrostasis. Cry- cryostasis. Thank you. Uh, cryostasis. I was close. Um, <laughs> you were very close. It jogged my memory. Thank you. Um, he was in cryostasis, but he, uh, he was being projected as a hologram and giving orders to these people. So that's why they believed him to be some kind of god, because he wasn't physically there, I guess. What did he say? Uh, you guys were down there. What did he say? He said, uh, he said something about finishing the preparations so that, uh, so that we can take the ship back to our true home which I'm assuming is in space, uh, we lied and said that the preparations were still complete because uh, Lion is how we're all still alive right now. And then we proceeded to blow him up, ma'am. Yes. Did he mention any names? He did. He mentioned the name of the ship and the name of the planet he intended to take us to. Which were? The Resplendent, ma'am, and Meridia. Most interesting. And he died in the explosion. We assume uh, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you accomplish this? Uh, there was a gas leak uh, that we were able to kill and trick our way into getting to fill the entirety of the building, or I mean the spaceship. Um, and after it had filled the spaceship to such a point that the entirety of the air was flammable to some extent, we set an explosive time bomb and left. And by the time that we were uh, several blocks away, the entire building blew up uh, with all of the people still remaining inside. 
Most amusing. I have uh, blueprints of the building, if you would like them. I also have uh, the file that they utilized to try to create their flying contraptions, ma'am. If you would like to hand them over to your uh, scientists for future (laughs) construction, uh, ma'am. I like this one. (laughs) Well, I must truly thank you for your diligence during these past few nights. I suppose thanks are in order. Azad, was it? Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, Agent Agent Azad, ma'am. There appears to be an opening. You will replace Director Yale oh, as head of the Department of Research and Development. You will unify the segmented science divisions and create a better future for all Atreus. For the better of Atreus, I can certainly do that, ma'am. Thank you very much for this opportunity. McBride. Yes, my Archon. I have looked into your past. My, uh, ah, uh, wow. Your family will be given extra allocation and you will be promoted to be a senior officer of the Special Defense Force. You shall lead them in the pursuit and elimination of the children of Melkor using these lists. Nothing would bring me a higher honor, ma'am. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Claire Hout, you will be given an allocation of meal for the duration of your life (laughs) and reinstated as a private investigator. All demerits on your record shall be expunged and your name shall be cleared. I'd like to look at Thracius for a little while and then thank you, my Archon. Wyatt. Oh, that's me! I have looked into your past as well. And you shall join McBride in the hunt for the children of Melkor. Yes! They will die by my hand, Archon. Should anyone under or over your command vanish, so shall you. Yes, my Archon. A pity about Quinn. Perhaps Cain will have an idea on how to commemorate his sacrifice. A pity about Sogat as well. What you all accomplished was admirable. And we are sorely lacking in such heroics of late. So... I shall also create a holiday to commemorate your bravery. The bravery of simple citizens who rose up to defend Atreus from unseen dangers on this day of vigilance. You 
to get some kind of protective detail for ourselves and our family for as long as it takes to get rid of anybody who might know about the fact that we betrayed the children of Melkor in the city? You will have one for the duration of the day. And I will move to kill all of the children of Melkor inside my walls tonight. This list is extensive, and will require some time to fully analyze. That's that's a quick job. That is so efficient, ma'am. It's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. You may see yourselves out. Director West will speak to you on my behalf going forward. You again have my thanks. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Once again, ma'am, have an excellent time, ma'am. Yes. 
Reeve endures. <laughs> May you endure and protect our city. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Yep. Uh, lots of thanks, Miss uh, Miss Akon, ma'am. lady. Ma'am. Atreus <laughs> endures. Atreus endures. Atreus endures. Right, ma'am. Ma'am Aroni. Oh, oh my God! Thanks a bunch. Okay, let's go, everybody. <laughs> McBride nervously pulls the fringer from the room, and the team is escorted to the ground level of the tower. He just barely avoided a mammogram. <laughs> and Flick has his own shit thought. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so happy. It was the fucking Archon! The Archon! My parents will never believe this happened. I should have taken a selfie or whatever these kids these days do with the privacy hoods, so they... Oh, wait, this meeting was probably classified. We can never talk about it again. Dang. Dang it to smithereens! <laughs> but hey, we destroyed the children of Melkor and saved Atreus, so what more could we really want? Besides an afternoon off with our families. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you for not dying. Yay! <laughs> We did our best. I literally thought I was going to die when they all left me up there and they all went downstairs and they said they were going to send those guys up. And I was like, what the hell do you think you're doing? What what the smithereens do you think you're doing? (laughs) Yeah, oops. So, any big plans in that head of yours, Director Azad? I am going to implement so many freaking... things. (laughs) Things. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Director now. Efficiency. It was sincerely a pleasure working with you. All of you. I'm inclined to agree with Wyatt. Yeah! Well, Flick, let's go find you a shit pot. Hmm? And a real bed. Rakoi's balls and any bed with any pillows? That's gotta be amazing. And on that note, Reeve endures, guys. Reeve endures. Reeve endures. Reeve endures. And how? She does not look that ugly, a woman of her age. Let's go, Sky. We got sights to see. Blood skulls, let's have a damn good afternoon. <laughs> the team says their goodbyes, eager to go their separate ways to enjoy their day of well-earned rest and their new positions in the grand colony of Atreus. Liberty Vigilance, created and produced by Travis Vengroff, with editing and writing assistance from K.A. Stats. Starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Stats, Daniel Thorison, Caitlin Buckley, and Ashley Birch, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Chris Maynard, Michael Hall, Alan Sisto, Eric Nelson, Kareen Cromfley, Graham Rowat, Shannon Blado, Andrew Spittle, and Joseph Teagle. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn and Stephen Malin. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader, with cover art by Dan Stanek. The original game master was Travis Vengroff, with assistance by K.A. Stats. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon team. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon or by liking and reviewing our show on iTunes. We'd especially like to thank Citizens Zach Israel, Fallon Gannon, Adam Farber, Scott Morrison, Christian Treat, Maria Berglund, Matthew Shaluga, and Jonathan Wade. Please also be sure to subscribe to our new show, Dark Dice, coming out later this year, and To the White Vault. This broadcast is a creation of Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you.